Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and we are going right to the phones. Is joining us one of our favorite contributors, and I'm sure it's going to overlap with some of the things we've been talking about because we like to get the perspective out there from a number of different people because they go a different day, they use a little different technique, and this guy is out there more than anybody, Nate Zielinski. Good morning. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing pretty good, and I made this comment to somebody else that i got to quit having you guys fill in for me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because you guys, you're more popular than me. I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Terry, we can never lose it. got more information than all of us. Hey, how long have you been part of this show, my friend? I was trying to think that. I had somebody call you now. Don't we keep talking? We need to sit down on the counter. It's got to be 10, 12 years. Oh, it's the, yeah, it's a, been a while. and At least 13, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. And you're the most regular contributor to the show. You do at this this time every week, and you cover such a broad range of topics. You're around fishing and a lot of hunting, and we appreciate it. And I know I give you a hard time, and I'm going to be nice to you this morning. Well, maybe not the whole morning, but I'm going to be nice to you this morning. <laughs> but, you know, I'm hearing mixed mixed reports out there on the ice and open water and everything else. What are you seeing and experiencing out there? Well, so it's one of those things that, yeah, so, you know, the, the biggest uh, say ice update is obviously the front range, and that's where you get so many different things. So, you know, walking through what we're seeing, you know, we're guiding on the front range, we're guiding on the ice, but you definitely have to use caution because, you know, I think so many anglers get used to the mountain lakes freezing, you know, somewhat consistently. Obviously, it never freezes really consistent, but you definitely get somewhat consistent, and uh, you, know, you get used to that, and that's where the front range is not the case. So, you take a lake like Chatfield, for example, right now. Your North Boat Dock, you know, it's a great place to catch stalker rainbows. You get some panfish in there. You get some bass in there, occasionally a walleye. Um, you know, that has good ice. People are out there ice fishing the North Boat Dock, and it's great. Um, and then you come around that corner in front of the tower, what we consider the main lake. So I always say the main lake is basically from the dam to kind of the south boat ramp and cutting over to, like, the south uh, or the, the swim beach area. That ice is not near as consistent. It frozen four five different waves um so you really got some mixed ice there and i would say that ice is, is not really predictable then you move down the southwest corner basically the southwest arm uh you know it's the parking areas of catfish flats fox run and you have a lot more consistent ice down there so if i was going to chatfield that whole fox run uh, that further south area um has the most ice of anywhere on that lake uh and then you move into again that north boat dock and that has a lot of ice uh again it changes daily our daytime temps are high but our nighttime temps are cold and like we keep saying um we're building more at night than we are losing during the day um and the walleye bite down there has been been fantastic um then you move into lakes like cherry creek uh same thing your your main lake i'd say is, is pretty sketchy on that ice um but you have pockets of of decent ice kind of on all the corners kind of the south corner by the east boat ramp you have some decent ice as you go fairly far south um you know around the tower has some good ice and then kind of around the marine and the other boat dock you have some good ice um so you just really have to use caution of where you are at on that ice uh check it frequently it's uh 
uh, it's very common at, at these lakes right now to walk on five, six inches of ice, and then you walk 30 yards and be on less than that. Um, so really use caution as you're kind of bouncing around. Uh, you know, we're excited. We have ice addiction coming up here in two weeks. Um, and that's it. Boy, that ice is forming up very good. Uh, you know, we host it right out of the boat dock there. So that ice is, is holding up very well. Uh, we love seeing that. Jackson had kind of a major turn of events. We had like 80 mile an hour wind and it literally ripped through. We were on six inches of good hard ice and literally it turned to open water in 24 hours uh, and is now refreezing as we speak. Um, so just, yeah, kind of kind of crazy conditions. But again, there there is fishable ice on a lot of the front range. Um, but even on one body of water, you have to use caution because some portions of the lake are fishable. Other portions are not. This is not the time of the year to just check the ice when you first get on and then wander around. You really, no, exactly, you, 100%. Re- you really have to check. I wouldn't go more than five or ten feet. I'd have a spud bar hitting all the time, but I certainly, if I if I just had my auger, wouldn't go more than a few feet without drilling a hole. It won't take you long, and 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 just check and be really careful. You know, we we have the mantra: there's no such thing as safe ice, but ice fishing is very safe if you use common sense. You know, a phenomenon that's happening because this weather's bent up and down. Ponds, we usually talk about small ponds freezing more quickly. Well, small ponds also change temperature more quickly. So once you get some ice on these bigger lakes, you're right, they start building a little more in these cold nights. The ponds, on the other hand, they can change temperature on a warm day and almost open up in the middle a lot of times. So even though they can provide some good fishing, you really have to be careful there, Nate. I agree. The smaller body of water, you got to use even more caution, 100% with you on that one, Terry. And watch for springs and current flows, um, all that kind of stuff matters. Like you said, um, again, I, there is, there's a lot of fishable ice in the front range. Just use caution and more than anything, just check it off. And you'll get, I agree. Everybody walks out 20 feet, drills a hole, measures it, checks the ice conditions, and say, oh, we're good. Uh, and, and, you know, caution with that. Move around. Uh, as you move around, check it very, very frequently. And then as you get into the hills, um, obviously we have a lot more ice. Um, you know, we saw temps as low as negative 48 in the Antero in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so the mountain lakes are, are forming up very good. Uh, you know, I spent some time on Terriol yesterday. I had 15 to 18 inches of ice. Evergreen's got good ice. All your mountain lakes are, are looking very good as far as ice goes. Um, and even some of the mountain lakes that froze up early, I would say are starting to see kind of, I don't want to say a midwinter fishery, um, but you, you have places like Evergreen, a, a place that gets hit hard. There's a million people on it today. Um, that was a, a really strong jigging bite uh, in the last three weeks. You know, fishing, you know, all, all your, your spoons were working good. All your plastics were working good. Um, and literally all of a sudden we started seeing the effects of all the ice fishing pressure, effects of having ice on the lake for, you know, six weeks now um, and really slowing down your presentation to a dead stick or a slip bobber technique um, really skyrocketed things. So if you were struggling and you're not catching fish on the jig, slowing down to the dead stick, slowing down to the slip bobber, immediately started catching fish. And then like an Ontario yesterday, the fish loved coming into an active presentation, but they were feeding on the still presentation better. So having a, a slip bobber or a dead stick and working a bait fairly aggressive next to it, the fish came screaming in to the to the aggressive bait, uh, but almost you know nine times out of ten they were hitting the bait that was sitting still. Uh, so as you look at some of the fishers, you know obviously your your Williams forks have just recently froze, your Grammys have just recently froze. 
But if you're at a fishery that has been holding ice for a while um, and you're having a, a harder time catching those fish, now is the time where all of a sudden you can start downsizing. You can start slowing things down, which for me personally, I'm all about the reaction. I'm all about the more aggressive technique. But for the fisheries that have had ice for a while, uh, it's now time to start thinking about slowing things down. Not if you have to. If they're still hitting your aggressive technique, keep doing it because you're going to pull more fish in. Your fish might be slightly bigger. But if you haven't fish coming in and not taking your own presentation, uh, now is the time to slow things down, possibly even downsize uh, as they've had ice on the on the fisheries for a while. And that might be the key to, to catch more and bigger fish. No, you're absolutely right. I got a quick question. You had two or three nights that were down in that low 40 below at uh, Antero, do you need an extension on your auger yet? <laughs> What's the right. ice? I'll tell you what. If we didn't have snow on the lakes up there in that South Park region, uh, the coldest I've been out on the ice up there was negative 44. Uh, I was uh, luckily not there for the 48 below, but I've had 44. I've had three or four days at that 38 to 40 below. Um, we have six, seven, eight inches of, of snow on the ice. Um, and it is insulating it. Have we had not had that ice or that snow on the ice to insulate it? I'll tell you what, we would be at a record-breaking uh, situation as far as the overall ice thickness. Again, the second you get snow on the ice, it dramatically slows down that build. Uh, so again, I'd say we're just a little above. Uh, normal ice cap right now, uh, but yeah, if we didn't have snow, I'll tell you what, we would be uh, would be setting records for ice thickness. That's for sure. Hey, real quick, couple minutes. Tell people what you're going to be doing at ISE this week. You know, Terry, I, I was actually just talking to Karen about it. I got to pull up my schedule. You know, I am all across the board. We have a booth there. Uh, I believe it's in the 2000. I, we're, we're by the fly casting ponds. We have a big booth there. Uh, we're real excited. So I want to tell everybody to, to come here. We have totally rebuilt our open water series. Uh, so, you know, our walleye tournaments, our bass tournaments, our carp tournaments, we are adding a front range trout tournament. Uh, so big news that we're adding a trout tournament. Uh, we're kind of doing some combinations between our, our weekend bigger series and our league series that we keep talking about. And we're launching that at ISE. So we really encourage everybody to come down to the booth, check out what we're doing with our open water tournaments where they're talking about ice addiction. We have also for our guide trips. We're also talking about ways, uh, basically a new digital content series. Uh, uh, basically you want to, to catch more fish. You want a more current fishing situation. We will text you and email you that fishing situation. Uh, so a lot of stuff happening in our booth at ISE. Uh, obviously we're doing fishing every day at the tank. We're a part of the experts corner at the tank. Uh, we're part of the walleye panel. We're at the casting competition with Jimmy Houston. Uh, doing hunting seminars daily. Uh, so, yeah, we are all across the board. We are everywhere at ISE. Uh, we'll be posting our schedule on our social media outlets here this week, probably Monday. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, check out the calendar. Go on uh, on sportsexpos.com. Uh, check out the schedule. Find the seminar that you like the best. Uh, but, yeah, we have a ton of stuff going, and we cannot wait for this week at ISE. And uh, if they want to get a hold of you about all your tournaments, where do they find you? You know, you can go to our website, tightlineoutdoors.com, always our Facebook page. We can lead you anywhere, uh, which is Tightline Outdoors. And, yeah, we have a, a jam-packed gas. We're excited about it. And, uh, again, we have ice on board. Great. Uh, so we encourage everybody sign up for uh, sign up for our event there. It's ice addiction. Uh, again, ten thousand dollars cash first place prize, uh, and that is going to be January eighteenth at Boyd. So uh, sign up now. Get a great time spot. All right, my friend. We will. We'll see you in just a few days. 
Yeah, we'll see you in a few days. All right. Nate Thank Z- you. Nate Zielinski with Tight Line Outdoors. We'll take a quick time out, and we're going to be joined by some very special guests. Um, we're going to be joined by one of the youngest people to ever win a, a National Walleye Championship, among, along with uh, Al Norker, who's a very close friend of the show and we've known for years, right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to go right to the phones. And uh, join, joining us from uh, Cass King uh, Tackle is Al Norker. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing great. And, uh, of course, Cass King is a... Tell people real quick what Cass King... Just give them the Reader's Digest version. Sure. Well, Casking, we are a uh, one of the fastest-growing brands within the fishing industry, making everything from fly products and all kinds of great conventional products, rods, reels, fishing line. We're one of the top sellers of fishing line on Amazon today. We sell only Consumer Direct through either our own website, casking.com, or through Amazon. So it's really easy to get our products, uh, but great values. Our, our whole initiative is to get more people involved in the sport but to allow them to use true performance gear at uh, truly incredible prices. And along with that, you've added some very uh, notable pro staff people to represent your products, and a couple of them are going to be at the International Sportsman's Exposition, and I believe you have one of them on the line to join us right now. We sure do. One of our favorite new uh, inductees under the Team Casking Group is Dylan Nussbaum, who is the youngest uh, person, youngest angler ever to win a NWT tournament and last year he was uh, first placed by a wide margin at the devil's lake championship uh dylan is a great addition to team casting and a really a joy to work with and i think everybody's really going to enjoy meeting him at uh isc next week dylan good morning good morning terry and al how are you guys we're, we're doing great and uh al i think uh, we'd go through your resume dylan but we only have about 10 minutes and i think for somebody, you're way too young to have a resume this long in the fishing industry. Oh, it's it's been a really cool ride for me. Last year was my first year going out uh, uh, pro for the first time on the NWT, and it was a crazy year. And um, ended up getting two crazy wins under my belt, and it, it was a really cool year. And I'm I'm very happy to have that kind of year. And it it pretty much put me on the map for the fishing industry, and I can and I can actually keep going with it now. And hopefully, I can make a career out of it for a long time. Dylan, one of, one of your wins was in a tournament that was artificial lures only, um, which we're gonna. I think we're gonna see more and more of that in the walleyes, and it kind of lends itself to what you're gonna be talking to people about when you get to the international sportsman's show. But tell us a little bit about that tournament, and how it went. Yeah, absolutely. That was the uh, inaugural champions tour, so that was the first tournament to have a catch, record, and release. And it was all by weight. Everything went into the computer, exactly like the Major League Fishing that you see on TV for bass. And so the one really cool thing about it was it was artificial only. And what I was doing, it was on Lake Millac, and it was pretty much the end of summer and getting in, getting a little closer to fall time. And I was casting flat jigs in 10 foot of water, and it was a really cool bite. And, I mean, the fish were just going crazy over it. It was just a crazy reaction bite that I had going for that tournament. And I think in the first half, I had, I was 25 ahead, pounds ahead. And the second half, I ended up starting to slow down and um, almost got caught. But I just stayed, at, just 
pretty much stayed with my program, passing the fly jigs up and um, it was actually from five to 10 feet of water and it just kept me up enough and it was a really, really cool bite. Well, on Saturday at the Experts Corner, which is a new addition we started last year at the International Sportsman's Exposition, you're going to be talking about um, snap jigging for walleyes using flat wraps and jigging wraps. And those, I believe, are, those are the lures you used in the tournament quite a bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, on the tour this year, I used them pretty much at every lake I went to. And that the uh, Champions Tour, I wanted on just flo- throwing flat jigs. That was the only only bait I had out the whole tournament. Well, and you know... Um, if you went back to these glide-type baits like the jigging wrap, the flat jig, and those type of baits, they've just exploded. If you went back about 10 years ago when you were probably thinking about tournament fishing but weren't old enough yet, um, which, um, but there was a few guys on the trails that were using those a lot, and they were doing well, but they were kind of keeping it tucked in. They weren't talking about it a lot. I'd say over the last five to eight years, the effectiveness of using those types of baits in open water, not just ice fishing, has really exploded, and uh, for, and people are just excited to learn more about it. So it'll be great for them to talk to you. But I would think that um, in order to do that properly, you need the right kind of rods and reel. How did ta- casking help you in that respect? Well, what I actually use for casting flat jigs and jigging wraps, I like throwing the heavier, heavier ones. I run a 7 8 ounce uh, jigging wrap and then an ounce and 3 16 uh, flat jig. So I actually run their power jig rod, and that's actually a medium fast action rod, and I like to run around a 6 8 right around there for, or a little bit longer, maybe to a 7 footer, 7 1. But that 6.8 power jig rod, it, it, that's the perfect one for throwing these heavier jigs. Um, I mean, it still has a great backbone, but you still kind of need that tip to run a little bit, to, to bend a little bit, so you can actually uh, finesse that bait a little bit when them fish get a little get a little picky. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Dylan, for somebody in their early 20s to have two championship-type victories under their belt already is incredibly impressive. I'm sure people are looking forward to um, meeting you and talking to you at the International Sportsman's Exposition. Al, in addition to him being at the Experts Corner, um, I believe he'll be at your booth. Is that right? Absolutely. You know, we'll be there uh, every day of the show. We've got Cliff Rocher will be there. Uh, certainly Dylan is going to spend a lot of time in our booth talking to consumers, signing autographs, talking about techniques, looking at the equipment that he's using. Uh, we're going to have lots of time for people to really get to know this young man. And by the way, today is Dylan's birthday. So uh, if we could, you wouldn't want to hear me sing it, but uh, happy birthday, Dylan. I hope you have a great day out Thank there. You. We're sure looking forward to seeing you uh, next week at ISE. Everybody's really going to learn a lot and really enjoy talking to this uh future Hall of Famer in the fishing industry. Dylan, we got one minute left. People who are just getting into fishing the glide baits like the jigging wrap and the flat, what's the one biggest either thing they need to do or the biggest mistake they make? You know, with flat jigs, there's really no mistakes you can make other than, well, I can't even say that, but one thing that you got to do is you got to rip them. I mean, you got to rip the flat jigs and jigging wraps. And I mean, when the bite's on, the bite is on. And I, that's that's the one thing I got to say is you got to be ripping them and stay consistent with your cadence and you'll be catching fish with these baits. It really is a reaction bite, not a feeding bite, isn't it? 
I, I believe it's all reaction. I mean, I I can match up lures sometimes to uh, what they're feeding on, and sometimes it works, but that reaction bite, they just can't stay away from it. All right, guys, well, we'll see both of you at the International Sportsman's Exposition. Al, I'll see you in just a few days, and Dylan, it'll be a pleasure to meet you in person. Thanks for coming on, guys. Absolutely. And one more thing, you know, we are down here at the Fly Show this weekend. It's busy, busy, busy right now. we got a lot going on, and I want to extend one thing. If anybody... Uh, here's uh, Terry's radio show today, mentions Terry's radio show, comes to see me at the uh, Denver Fly Show. I'm going to give them a spool of Propel Fly Line just for coming into the booth and saying they heard us on uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors today. Tell them where, that, where you're located, where the show is located, Al. Sure, it's right down in the Denver Merchandise Mart, just off of 58th and I-25. And uh, if you come in uh, the main doors, head straight to the back, you'll find the big casting booth. Uh, we're really busy, but make sure you come and see me, and I'll uh, give you that free box of Propel Fly Line. All right, and that's, uh, that show goes on uh, all day today and most of the day tomorrow, and it's everything in fly fishing there. A lot of big names, guys like John Gierick, the local guys like uh, 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 Landon Mayer. There's just, it's just full of people, so people need to get down there if you're into fly fishing. Al, thank you so much for joining us. Dylan, we'll see you in a few days, too. Thank you. Thanks, Can't wait to see you, Al. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. Brad Peterson will join us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, Before I go to the next guest, I'm going to put out a little question, and you can win a couple tickets to the ISE show. We were talking to a very, very wonderful, accomplished young man who's just making his mark in the fishing industry last, uh, last segment, uh, Dylan Nussbaum. He won a walleye tournament on Mille Lacs Lake this last year that he, all the anglers had to fish under a certain restriction. The first one to text 303-713-1043 and let Karen know what that restriction was uh, we'll give you two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us, speaking of the International Sportsman's Exposition, he will be appearing. 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 Easy for me to say that, Brad Peterson. Hey, Terry, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Now, I want to get to what you're doing at the show. But first, let us uh, I know you've been out a little bit. A couple things. Uh, I know I want to get a fishing update from you. But also, I, I look to me like when I drove down, there's a few waterfowl hunters out. How's that going? You know, there are some waterfowl hunters out. There's been a little bit of movement of some fresher geese in. So the goose hunting in the last week has kind of gotten quite a bit better. They aren't as stale. And duck hunting, you know, it's it's been spotty. The warm weather's really been tough on us because there's still open water in some of the ponds and lakes that have the birds spread out. If we could just get everything to lock up, I think it'd make the duck hunters and the ice fishermen both real happy. And speaking of ice fishermen, I know you've been out a little bit. What have you been finding? Well, we're sitting out on Boyd right now. And uh, if you look around, we're on about six inches of ice. Can it be safe? You can, you know, go out a little ways and still get into that uh, three to four inch uh, of ice out a little ways. You're not going to be able to fish the whole lake. But this morning, man, the trout bite was really good. We probably caught uh, 30 to 40 trout. It slowed down in the last hour, so we've been moving around a bit and changing up the presentation styles. 
the fish are still here, but they just don't want to bite. So I would say if you're going to get out, look into ice fish right now, probably target the morning time. That's when we're going to have those cold nights. It'll make everything solid again from our warm daytime temperatures. And uh, get out, hit that first, you know, light till about 9 o'clock. I think you should be able to catch quite a few fish. And any tips on what presentation might be best? You know, we've been actually staying fairly shallow in kind of six to eight foot range. And uh, just either a jig tipped with uh, a spike or we had a, a wild air that uh, we took the back half of a biobait leech and either pink or chartreuse seemed like pink was better. Put that on the jig as well. And, man, they were really going after that for oh about a 30-minute period. So those are the things I kind of have people stick with. Maybe first thing you could get away catching a few on a more aggressive presentation like All right. a spoon. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about what – well, first of all, have you heard any other ice ice places, any place else that's doing well or that people should stay away from? Boy, I, I heard rumors that there might have been some issues out at Douglas yesterday. So if you're thinking about going there, really be safe. You know, Jackson lost its ice last weekend. So if you're thinking about heading out east, Again, with these temperatures and the wind, I would just stay, say if you're going to fish the front range, really use a lot of caution. And if not, Red Feathers, uh, Lake John, Delaney's up in the North Park area are all fishing really well. All right. Now let's talk about the International Sportsman's Exposition. We've been talking about it a lot. And you're going to be pre- uh, presenting there. You're in a number of things. You're, I believe you're in the expert's corner. You're on the tank. Uh, you're with the, uh, you're on the walleye panel that we do Saturday. We don't want to forget to mention that walleye panel. It's always very popular. But Sunday's kind of a special day. Tell me what you're doing on Sunday. So Sunday at uh, 1.30, I'll be up at the tank doing a, a let's get started, kind of a kids fishing or someone who's new to fishing program. And it's really geared towards, you know, both teaching kids how to fish and getting kids started and hooked on fishing. And one of the great things that we've done, the last three years at this event is we've found various sponsors to donate rods that we're able to give away to the first bunch of kids. And then we also have other companies that are going to donate products. So we're going to try to make sure that every kid that attends the event, even if you don't get a rod, is going to walk away with something. We, we just really want to make sure that the, the whole day Sunday is geared towards families and we want to get the kids out there, get them started fishing, and have a really good time. Yeah, I think we've got close to 50 fishing rods from Shakespeare that were donated. They really stepped up. And you mentioned there's going to be some baits. I think Berkeley and, and BioBait have supplied some baits. So we're just going to make sure these kids are taken care of. And how this will work, I believe how we did it last year, we'll, we'll, they'll give tickets out prior to your seminar or during your seminar and then at the or at the end of your seminar, they'll get a ticket, or we'll tell them where they can cash that ticket in at the end of your seminar. But we'll make it so that they, we want them to stay and listen to the seminar. We'll talk about that. But uh, I think first, like forty-five, fifty kids will get a free fishing rod that they get to take home, and that's awesome, Brad. And then yeah, of course we've got all the other events going on down there. It's going to be a, a great, great. Uh, a great place to be. I'll let you get back to ice fishing, and uh, maybe I'll get to join you on the ice pretty soon, Brad. Okay, one one quick thing, Terry. I know you're giving away tickets. I also have 
some tickets that I'm giving away. Um, I've got a contest running both on my Facebook page at Brad Peterson Outdoors, and then I just started another contest on my Instagram, uh, Brad P. Outdoors, that both those will be giving away pairs of tickets, and so people can check out those and sign up, and we'll be drawing some more tickets for people to attend the ISE show. All right, my friend, thank you so much, and I'll see you in just a few days. Sounds good. Looking forward to it, Terry. All right, that's Brad Peterson. By the way, don't forget to follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. You'll know who's coming up on the show as guests. You'll know for having a special guest, and uh, you never know when we might throw a trivia up there that can win you tickets or gear or pretty valuable prizes. So Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. We're going to take a quick time out. Ronnie Castiglione is going to join us on 104.3 The Fan. Got to move those refrigerators. Dire Straits. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. Joining us, one of our favorite contributors, Ronnie Castiglione. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Terry Wickstrom. How are you doing this morning? You know, I'm doing great, and I'm looking at the weather, and it's supposed to be 60 degrees out there today, and a lot of people want to go ice fishing, and a lot of people, there's still open water, and... uh, they don't know what tackle to bring sometimes. So you're going to tell them about some stuff you could use for both, right? You know, yeah, absolutely, Terry. You, you're really right on the right, – you know, hit that right on the nose there. Uh, you know, just to give you an idea, up here in northern Colorado, we were, just the other day we were we were on Boyd and we were ice fishing. And the next day I was up at Horse Tooth in completely open water, open water fishing. Um, the, the reality is, is a lot of times this time of year, Terry, I'm utilizing the same tackle box for both situations. You know, I, I, I take the, take the, take the, the box to Boyd to go through the ice and I take the same box up to horse feet to fish in the open water. So there's definitely a lot of presentations that cross over from open water, uh, to ice fishing and vice versa as well. But, you know, I, I really wanted to talk to people about some of my favorite presentations that cross over from open water into the ice fishing realm, Terry. Well, take us through those, my friend. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's a lot of ones that, that we've been doing for years and that we've filmed, and and so some of the basic ones that we have a lot of success with are are, are jigs in, in 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 open water as well as fishing jigs through the ice. So, um, you know, when you think about ice fishing, you think about jigs. A lot of times, people will think about you know tiny tiny little jigs with little waxies and little uh, little worms on them and tiny little things like that. Uh, you know, I catch the bulk of my fish throughout the year through the ice on, on larger presentations, things like a, a two-and-a-half-inch or a three-inch gold minnow on a, a 16th-ounce or an 8th-ounce jig head. That that presentation there is produced for me just about everywhere I've gone, Terry. And, you know, whether it's ripping it up and letting it fall on slack line or semi-slack line and kind of letting it glide down and getting the strikes that way, or even a lot of times just dead-sticking those gold minnows, we get a lot of action from a variety of fish doing that. It's and very, very effective. Now, I also like to fish a lot of tube jigs through the ice as well. You know, tube jigs are kind of a standard thing we do in open water, especially on a lake like horse tooth, fishing for smallmouth and walleyes. Um, but I take those same tube jigs and I, and I utilize them through the ice. And it's an excellent way to trigger, trigger strikes and get fish, you know, to bite, Terry. The trout will jump all over a tube jig. The walleyes will jump on a tube jig. The smallmouth, the white bass, just about everything will bite a tube jig. So tube jigs can be very effective as well. Now, there's also, you know, some, some things like uh, let's talk about some of the heavier presentations that really what we've been catching a lot of fish 
on horse tooth for the last, let's say, two months, we've been out there utilizing things like blade baits. We've been utilizing things like uh, Johnny darters and utilizing jigging spoons, things like that. All of those presentations can absolutely transfer over to the ice, and we do have a lot of success utilizing those those jigging wraps and utilizing uh, a lot of the jigging spoons and things like that. A lot of times, Terry, the blade baits can be very effective. Now, now certainly sometimes when we make that transfer from open water to the ice, we may downsize a little bit, for example. So on horse tooth, maybe I've been utilizing something like a seventh, eighth ounce, uh, or almost a, an ounce or an ounce and a quarter ounce uh, Johnny darter. You know, when I when I go to Bullard and I, and I utilize the Johnny darter that down there, I'm utilizing more something in that eight ounce range or maybe that quarter ounce. So definitely a little smaller, but same presentation. It's the same idea, Terry. And then uh, one of the other ones that we utilize a lot, I definitely don't see a lot of other people utilizing these through the ice. Um, we vertically fish lipless cranks quite a bit up on horse tooth and on Boyd, um, especially really early in the year when the ice right comes off of the lake like Boyd. Those those lipless crank presentations, yo-yoing those or working those just straight vertical can be outstanding. I take those lipless cranks and I utilize them through the ice, Terry, and definitely had a lot of success with those. One of the tips I pass on, however, is a lot of those companies that make those lipless cranks, they'll have a silent version of their lipless crankbaits. A lot of times when I get to the ice, the, the, the rattles, the, the BBs that are inside those lipless cranks can be a little too much. They're very, very loud. Those are one of the loudest presentations that you can utilize. A lot of times I have to go ahead and shift over to that silent version of that lipless crank and maybe downsize it to that quarter ounce or half ounce size. That presentation right there can be absolutely deadly, Terry. Uh, walleyes will jump on that. The trout will jump all over that. And, and the smallmouth and the white bass will jump on that as well, Terry. Yeah, and, you know, all the things you talked about, I couldn't agree with more. A lot of times, because traditionally we've ice fished with tiny, tiny jigs, people think you have to. And there's times downsizing to those will get some subtle bites you won't get otherwise. But you're always going to get draw more fish in and get a better reaction with the bigger baits. You talked about some open water, Ronnie, and uh, we've gotten some reports of up, you know, changing ice conditions up and down the front range. You talked about horse tooth. Is that available? Like in self launch, or are you fishing from shore, or are both available? Well, you know, horse tooth, there's open water on horse tooth. There has been a little bit of ice that has formed in the back of the coves and things like that. It seems like on any given day it ices up and it blows off like that. Horse tooth is open, and you can fish horse tooth either from the shore or you can hand launch a vessel from horse tooth. I will tell you, however, this year, Terry, um, they've really tightened some of the access to horse tooth, uh, having to do with some of the A&S inspections and things like that. So there has not been a lot of people hand-launching kayaks up on horse tooth this year. Uh, in years past, we were seeing kayaks out this time of year pretty regularly, but there just hasn't been a lot of people doing it. Um, and it just really has to do with some of the limited access this year as far as getting the boats down the boat ramps and things like that. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind about horse tooth, however, is that the water is incredible incredibly high, Terry. Uh, the water has been going into the lake for the last several weeks, and it, right now the lake's maybe five foot from full pool, Terry. I mean, so the, the trees are in the water. The bushes are in the water. The water's all the way up. So there is definitely a lot of access all the way around the lake as far as getting to it on foot. But hand launching, uh, it's just not as easy as it has been in years past, Terry. Well, you know, and there's nothing wrong with taking that gulp minnow or that tube and throwing it into some of the rivers that are flowing pretty freely yet because of the warm weather, they'll produce some pretty nice fish there, too. 
Absolutely, Terry. And just one of my recent fishing adventures was fishing the Poudre River here in town, here in Fort Collins. Now, the lows are the flows are definitely kind of down, and it's pretty low and skinny in a lot of areas. But if you get on Google Earth and you and you look at the Poudre River, for example, running through town here, if you can spot the spillways everywhere where you can see a spillway, and there's probably uh, you know eight to ten spillways just down here in town. Uh, there's always going to be deep water above and below those spillways, and so those are the areas. Is I really kind of focus on when I hit the river, and I caught all my fish the other day on a pooter on a two and a half inch gold minnow on an eight ounce jig head. So it's kind of that same presentation, um, and you can definitely get out and do that pretty much all winter long, Terry. All right, thank you, my friend. We will be talking to you again soon. We got to get together. All right, you have a good one, buddy. All right, thanks, Ronnie Castiglione from uh, Fishful Thinker. You can find him there, and you can find him online too. Um, we're going to wrap this up. I think they're going to kick me out because Dan Jacobs just came in the studio. So he's the fishful thinker, and you're the wishful fisher. No, just don't get carried away, you know. By the way, congratulations. I understand you're going to Denny's right after this because you now qualify for the uh, senior discount. No, just, happy birthday. It was yesterday. Yes, right? happy birthday yesterday. Yeah. Um, so all the benefits that come with the uh, senior I, I, I'm only 35, but I've had a rough life. That's why I look like this. I know, and your your, your daughter's my age, which is older than that. So, oh, that's right. And I coached you guys, so I'm probably a little older than that. Yes. So I got happy a, birthday. What'd you do on your birthday? Went to see Star Wars. Oh, nice. I'm a huge like Star that? Wars fan. Yeah. Right? You know. Yeah. All right, hey, before I go, all right, we're going to wrap things up here. By the way, folks, follow me on Facebook, Terry Wicks from Outdoors. And when you do, ignore any comments by Dan Jacobs that appear on the page. But you'll find out when we're going to have special guests, when we're going to have things going on, trivias for giveaway. It's a good way to stay in touch with the show. Now. Yes, sir. Are you going to talk mostly what the Broncos should do, or are you going to be talking about the playoffs today? Uh, mainly Broncos. We'll, we'll get our playoff picks in at the end of the show. Well, the one question I have is, you know, I'm a huge Broncos fan, but I came from Minnesota, so I'm a big Vikings fan. Mm-hmm. Do the Vikings have any shot of beating the Saints down in there? Oh, they have a shot. They don't have a shot at winning the Super Bowl, but they, no. I mean, they have a. Sh- they, they could. The Saints are beatable any week. They, you know, they're a very good team, but you know, they're not dominant in the dominant in the sense that they can't be beaten. No, I think you're right, and I think the Vikings can play really good at times. But boy, the Vikings, Green Bay, even the Saints. You said it right. Uh, you look at those lineups throughout the playoffs, and there isn't a team there except maybe Baltimore that hasn't tripped on themselves this year. Yeah, that's they're pretty much the the team. The one team that's really rolled, the Chiefs. I, I think the Chiefs have a really good shot at being dominant in the playoffs as well. But, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those years where everything's kind of wide open. Well, we listen to the Eagles. They'll take you to, well, it's past the top of the hour. We're into Dan's show. I like to do that. It gets me. I don't get paid anymore for it. But we'll let him take over and talk sports on 104.3 The Fan. Heard the mission, baby.